Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Well, today we're going to be talking about pests in your home. And I'm going to start it out by talking about what happened last weekend as I was getting ready to film a uh, segment on building a cedar fence. I had a little piece of cedar fence I needed to build just to, uh, you know, get things closed up right in an area where I moved my hot tub in for my, uh, you know, hot tub segment that I did on the week before show. Well, I get out there, it's before the cameras are here, before Bradley's here ready to shoot, and this is where things went sideways. I kind of had my back turned away and didn't notice that as I was digging with the post hole digger, that yellow jackets were quietly coming up out of the ground. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Round the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Today, we've got some stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about how to deal with pests. You know, the ones that are cruising around in the fall, stuff that you need to take into consideration and all of that. But first, if you want to find out more about this show, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. And if you want to check it out over there, we do have a member-exclusive episode over there, which is just about the history of me, Eric G. So if you want to talk about my, uh, or at least listen to my trials, tribulations, where I've won, where I've lost, and uh, some of the trouble I've gotten into, we've got it over there. So you can head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and find the Around the House Insider. Well, today we're going to be talking about pests in your home. And I'm going to start it out by talking about what happened last weekend as I was getting ready to film a uh, segment on building a cedar fence. I had a little piece of cedar fence I needed to build just to, uh, you know, get things closed up right in an area where I moved my hot tub in for my, uh, you know, hot tub segment that I did on the week before show. So I wanted to get that dialed in. So I had a good six foot cedar fence there and get that put together. So I get out there. It's before the cameras are here, before Bradley's here ready to shoot. And this is where things went sideways. It was about uh, 55, 60 degrees outside. I kind of had my back turned away and didn't notice that as I was digging with the post hole digger, that yellow jackets were quietly coming up out of the ground behind me. And I tell you what, this was an absolute nightmare. All of a sudden, I realized one got me under the arm as I was, you know, using the post hole digger and then realized that they were in underneath my shirt. And of course, they were in my hair and my hair has grown out a lot this last year. And I tell you what, that was a battle after I, you know, kind of ran away from that area, I took my uh, shirt off, had my tank top underneath it. I got them off me, but I literally could not get them out of my hair. So I was running my fingers through the hair as it was stinging my hands and everything else. And uh, I yelled for my wife, Julie, to go grab a comb. And uh, she combed the three yellow jackets out of my hair that was stuck in my hair and would not leave me alone. So uh, 
After that, I ended up going to get checked out. A bunch of different stuff happening, and thanks to the doc for getting me dialed in on that. But that was absolutely a brutal experience. And I think I got about 20, 25 stings out of that whole thing. I know I got at least 15 on the back of my head, but it's hard to count them when they're all kind of packed all over the top of each other. But that was a learning experience for me. And uh, I did go back and eliminate that nest afterwards. But uh, I tell you what, those things, and I've had, a, I've had traps up and I thought I had them all. But come to find out, I was just taking the top off of this one here. There was still plenty more, and uh, that one got me good. So uh, now that I've got traps up, just in case I have any other stragglers around. But uh, I tell you what, I think anybody that has dealt with those little buggers, they are brutal. And uh, yeah, I almost went out and just decided to call a friend to come over and do it. But I thought, nope, I'm going to get my revenge back. But uh, be very careful out there, guys. Pay more attention. I should have been paying more attention. I was in a hurry. I thought it was cold enough. And you know something, 55 to 60 degrees was not near cold enough. They were slower, but they were fast enough to get into my hair from behind me, and I didn't even see them. And then uh, they did not want to fly away when I was batting at them. They just wanted to park themselves in my hair. So uh, I think the cold might have hurt it. I think that if uh, I hadn't been on a warmer day, they actually wouldn't have tried to burrow in my hair. They would have probably flown away. So lessons learned there. But really, this tells you one thing here. Be very careful when you're out working out in your yard. We're getting into fall here, so in many areas, those are not going to be around. But in our warmer areas like down south, this is a continued problem. So be very careful out there with these pests. How did I deal with them? Yeah, you know, the ones that are in the ground are very hard to deal with. And yes, I did go nuclear on these guys. I did go get a hose end sprayer for killing bugs and sprayed that area from a distance. And then once I got that kind of three foot by three foot area killed, uh, I knew that they were still coming in and out of it. And that's when I went in and took the, uh, the foaming style spray and uh, used that to go over the top and created kind of a dam over the top of their entrance, and that ended up getting them all. But I tell you what, that is about the only way that I've found that you can get them in and out of the ground like that. And because the ground was dry, that soaked into the ground really well. I didn't put enough on it that I was running it down into another area, but I just let it soak into that area right there. And, um, you know, for the next 30 days, that contact with them in that area, it's not going to be good for them. It'll probably kill them, but I just wanted to make sure and get all that I could with that. But uh, be very careful. And uh, as my doctor had said, uh, my first thing that I did was uh, I knew that I was, you know, partially allergic, not like throat close up. But when you get that many of those, it can be really dangerous. And so what I did is right off the bat, the first thing I did after I got them off of me is I took uh, three Benadryl and down those down. And then when I called my doctor uh, nurse line on my health insurance, they said, come on in and get checked out. And I and I'm happy I did. Uh, there are things that they can give you, steroids and things like that, that will help with the venom. And uh, for people that are allergic out there, uh, it is something that is good. And uh, they give me a few other medications, and uh, I am uh, 80% now, you know, days later. So that is the cool part. And uh, thanks for the doc down there at, uh, at Providence to help me out. He did a great job. And uh, also a, a viewer of the television show. So uh, thanks to him. I am back on the mend and doing good, but uh, these are things that you should really take a look, and now's the time really to do that quick walk around the house and make sure that, well, 
first off, that you've got nothing going around, flying around the eaves, bushes and trees, that kind of stuff. You know, I always recommend that these are things you got to be really careful with. And when in doubt, I would recommend strongly that you bring in the professional. But one way you can do it is by setting the traps out that work in your area. And, you know, I've talked about it in the past, but I know that I've got a yellow jacket trap here that, that works really well. And so I set those out and that's how I kind of drew them out of the nest to figure out where they were because I couldn't see where they were coming from. The last thing after getting tore up that I was going to do is go tromping right back through there and, and try for round two. And so I really made sure to uh, kind of pay attention. I just quietly stood out there on the asphalt that was close to it, just kind of watched and see where they were coming in and out of. And once I had that, then I knew how to deal with it. But um, th that is something that I would recommend that maybe you don't check as a DIY project. If you want to, cool. Just remember that if you don't know how your body is going to react, that can be, uh, quite frankly, a deadly situation. So you kind of need to know exactly if you're allergic, how that's going to react. And maybe you're not allergic. I'm technically not allergic. But I tell you what, uh, when you get that stung that many times, that venom does crazy stuff to your body. And I definitely could feel what was going on in my chest. And uh, of course, in the back of my head. So my I had the elevated heart rate, kind of went into a little bit of a shock situation. So these are things that you got to be really careful with. So uh, be careful, set the traps, be smart about it. And I tell you what, next time I am going to be wearing a hat out digging holes because I'm not getting those inside my hair again. That is uh, probably one of the things that I learned that was a nightmare about that was long hair. Man, they like to bury in and uh, get it going. We come back, I want to talk about um, mice, rats, rodents, and even squirrels as far as that comes up because... Uh, these are things that, uh, I tell you what, can be a real issue around your house. And coming into fall, this is when they're trying to come in and uh, burrow in and create a home. So let's see if we can stop them. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. show this is where i help you get the most out of your home through information and education thanks for joining us today if you want to find out more about me and around the house head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and if you're a radio listener we do appreciate you tuning in the radio and support all of our local advertisers if you hear them during the show on the radio that means they're supporting this show so make sure that you give those guys some love because uh, i really appreciate anybody that's out there on the radio supporting the show and of course, the same goes with our sponsors here on Around the House. We've got some new ones coming on board here shortly, and I uh, can't wait to bring them on board and tell you all about them. Well, we've been talking today about uh, how to deal with pests in and around your home and how you want to deal with them. We were telling my story here in the last segment here about uh, my yellow jacket uh, attack where I got tore up pretty good. And now I wanted to talk about rats and mice and how to deal with them. And this is one of those things that I first want you to be very careful with, because anytime that you're dealing with mice, rats, and there's droppings around, this could be something that really makes you sick. 
and could make your entire family sick. So make sure that you're you're using, you know, rubber gloves, masks, that you're using, uh, you know, a HEPA vacuum, all of those things that you're doing, make sure that you are being as safe as possible because those rodent droppings can be a nightmare and cause a bunch of different health issues around that I want you to be very careful with. So this is not just something that you just grab your normal vacuum and clean it up with. No, you've just contaminated that vacuum. So make sure we don't want any of those hanaviruses or any of that other stuff out there that you can get from this. So be really careful when cleaning up the, the droppings. Now, second of all, the other thing that I really want you to do is make sure that when you're cleaning that you're using something that's antimicrobial that's going to kill that stuff as you're doing it. Because not only are you cleaning up you know, maybe um, mouse, rat urine, or feces, you're trying to get the diseases that are going with that. So let's make sure that you've got that cleaned up. But really, where you're running into the problems is getting these things trapped or killed. And, I, you know, my first thing is, if you've got one or two that are floating around inside your house, I, I've i had a trouble with them. I have struggled. I have tried uh, just about every different system out there. And the best ways I've dealt with it is to bring the professionals in. And I know that can be kind of expensive, guys, but they have a better system. They have better traps. They have better bait stations. And yes, you can go out and buy these things if you're if you're good at it. But having a professional that knows where to find them and has a different set of eyes can be really valuable to you. So maybe this is something that you bring a professional in and have them, you know, place those things around your home and get it there. Can you do it yourself? Yeah. Uh, just be careful while you're doing it. So really, what I want you to do is, here's the easy stuff that you can do as a homeowner. So first off, I want you to go around and close up every single little opening that they could be getting into. Now, you think about it, a mouse can can shrink down to about the diameter of a pencil by the way their 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 bodies can collapse inward and their ribs can move around. So if a if you could stick a pencil in there, one can get in there. So places that I always look are where maybe uh, cable or phone lines have come into the house, where electrical comes into the house. Another good one is where you see um, heating and cooling, that HVAC, where that comes in. That could be another spot. And then around vents, any other holes that maybe somebody had worked on the house and there had been rot. Now, here's the good news is now those openings, they make a spray foam that you can get. Uh, good stuff makes it, so do other brands, but you can go in there with these anti-rodent spray foams and they're meant that the rodents won't eat through it. Because that was one of the problems that you'd have in the past is you put in the spray foam in there, you come back and you're like, how did they eat through that? They just chewed through it like it was, you know, like it was just cardboard. And so they made a big hole in it. So really, this is where I want you to take a look and get that dialed in and close up any one of those little holes. Now, if you've got foundation vents that have holes in them, go through there with wire mesh and get those cleaned up um, and get those resealed back up again. And uh, sometimes those can be tough, um, you know, how you go in there and do that. So here's my recommendations on how to do that. Sometimes it's hard to find the right wire mesh to go in there. And so what I've done in the past is I've gone in and if the, the wire mesh is messed up and it's kind of poured in the concrete, if you can't find an insert that would go in there, there's two ways I do it. One, I'll go in and get some treated two by fours and build a frame and put the staple, the wire mesh over that. And then I'll drill that on the inside of the foundation so I can still put 
you know, a vent cover on the on the outside to keep that. But I can build my own little frame for that mesh. You know, sometimes they do make ones that you can put in there, but those can be pretty tricky unless you've got the same brand. But um, a lot of those are actually built into that, so you have to cut it out. But uh, I would cut it out, put a new mesh in behind it, and that way you've got a good wire mesh that the that they're not going to come through. But you want to make sure and get a fine enough mesh that they're not going to slide through it. But you also want it to be too fine, like window screen, where it's going to block a lot of airflow, because the whole reason that's there is to get good airflow going through there. And if you go something as fine as window screen, one, they can eat through that pretty decently. Uh, and two, you want to be able to have some serious metal there and have that airflow. So be very careful with that. But really, that's the thing. Trying to get those things cleaned up. And then the next battle is food. Where is the food coming from? Now, I have seen, and I had a neighbor that was doing this years ago. I had a neighbor that was taking walnuts and all these different peanuts and was just literally pouring them out on the concrete back patio. And feeding the birds that way. Well, you are also feeding the rats that way too. And that got to be really brutal. So making sure that if you've got um, a bird feeder out there, uh, those can be a massive attractant to rats. So make sure that you've got bird feed that the rats don't like. Or two, make sure you've got it going into an area that you can clean it up every day. You know, because you're also feeding those rats and mice. So make sure. And you can create a massive rat problem. By just putting that stuff on the ground and they're going to come take it and then they're going to come hide it and you are going to be the pied piper of your neighborhood by having way too many rats around. And so that's one thing. Be very careful with any of your bird feeders and how you're dealing with that. The next one, and we're seeing this in our inner cities now, especially here on the West Coast, but anywhere that we've got the homeless and we've got people living and lots of food and squalor and dirt, that attracts uh those rodents in as well. And so really you can start to get some really bad rat problems and some other health issues as well with that. And so be really careful. Any of those piles of trash, garbage, any of those things create nest areas for them. And then any other garbage that's around there is you're giving materials to do a nest. So just spend some time, get that all cleaned up. Any of that clutter or places where they can log it, you know, just just bury into that's going to be a problem. So get any of that stuff cleaned up. And then, you know, um, the issue that you have when we come back, I want to talk about this, you know, do you trap them? Do you put out the bait things? How do you deal with it? You know, the, the glue traps, um, can be pretty brutal if you've seen how those work and we're not going to get into those details, but, uh, they're not very kind to these, uh, you know, these animals that are trying to destroy your home. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back, kind of the, the smarter way of doing this, and we'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Stop going. Around the House Show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. 
Well, we've been talking about uh, dealing with pests and rodents in your home. And one of the things I wanted to talk about here today are some of the myths that you think out there that uh, when you're out there trying to deal with these things, especially when it comes to mice and rats, that can be, well, deceiving and head you down the wrong direction. You know, there is urban legend that shows that, you know, mice love cheese. You know, rats and mice, they'll eat it. But it's by no means, if you're setting traps, the best bait to use. And one of the best ones that's common is peanut butter. And here's why. You know, a hard cheese, it's pretty easy for a smart mouse or rat to be able to knock that off there, off the trap and get it, while it's not setting the trap off. So with any of the nicer traps, and there's ones out there that have like little wells in them that you can fill up that I think work even better. But when you can put it on that pressure pad, they have to actually work at it to get that off there. And then if they put their weight on it, it's a game over. And so that's a great way to do it. And I think, to be honest, in my opinion, at least, is that I think the trapping method, even though it's dirtier for us as humans have to deal with, it's better off because the poisons, if you give poisons out there, can cause a problem to other wildlife, other predators, or your own pets. So really, to me, trapping is my favorite way to go. That way, I'm not getting the owl population. I'm not hurting the neighbor's cats or dogs or anything else like that or anything else that runs into, well, what used to be an alive rat or mouse. Now, here's another thing here that's uh, another myth that I would like to talk about. Another one is, is that if you have pets or other predators around, they won't be there. You know, I, I get that cats and and dogs and stuff, in theory, could push them away. But really, they are so small, so smart, and so sneaky, it's just not going to be that big of a deterrent. So really, what we're looking at here is that you want to be able to make sure that you're cleaning up after your pets, but don't think that you having a cat is going to eliminate that. Your cat is well-fed, probably, and is not much of a hunter. And so the chances of your cat finding it is probably slim to none. So I would not depend on just having a cat to take care of your rodent issues because it's probably not going to work effectively. And uh, that's where other issues can occur, especially around your house. Now, another myth that we see out there is, oh, you have a dirty house, so that's what's happening. No, not really. It's not always the case. Now, you can get a very clean house and have rodents coming in trying to hide there because they're, they're really there for one of three things. One, they're looking for shelter. So you could have the cleanest house in the world and they have an opening and guess what? They're inside your house because they're looking for shelter. But the other thing is they're looking for water and they're looking for food. So uh, any food stuff that's around where they get access to, like a pantry or anything like that, you are now giving them access into that. And here's another thing, too. Just because stuff's in a drawer doesn't mean that it's sealed up. If you think about cabinetry with the way the drawers are installed in there, once the drawer is shut, it's open to the inside. So so mice and rats have no problem getting in there inside the cabinet. So be on a good lookout out there for signs of, you know, mice and and rats and rodents like that. And uh, be on the lookout. And that's where you need to be looking for things like that. And this time of year, now that we're getting into the fall, things are cooling off. They're going to be looking for places inside. So take a peek for that and be really on top of where they're coming in. So first off, I want you to start outside, 
Make sure that you walk around the outside of the house, get everything sealed up, make sure that you can't put a pencil in anywhere. And that's a big one when it's dealing with rats. Now, here's something I was talking to my friend, and you know her, Caroline Blazowski, America's healthy home expert. I was talking to her on her phone, and uh, happy belated birthday, Caroline. We were talking, and she had an interesting one where, you know, she has battled with her house bats, bats coming into her attic space, bats coming in, and in certain areas, bats can be a huge deal. I have them around here, they're just not hiding out in my house. But all it takes is a little bit of a opening, you know, between a piece of trim or anything else, and they're all of a sudden living in your attics. And that's a problem. Now hers, she had a big issue. Her issue was, is that she was sitting there, they were up there looking at a roof to put roofing on, they peeled back the edge on the gable ends of the roof, and they had short sheeted the roof by an inch or two. So as soon as you lifted up the edge of the shingle, there was an inch or two of open space into the attic. So all the bats had to do was to fly up, crawl up and push up just a little bit on the shingle material, and they were into their new happy home. And all of a sudden, you end up having a bat condominium that way. So that's one thing to take a look at. If you're getting up on your roof and you're going around to make sure that you don't have bats or wasps or hornets or something trying to nest in those areas, take a look, peel back, peek under the shingles. What do you see? What are the issues? What are you fighting? And make sure that you look under some things. Don't go breaking shingles, but pry up a little bit and see if there's a place to get in there. You'll be shocked at how many things there are as far as be able to get, you know, in there. All it takes is a framer to miss up and miss or just go, oh, it's close enough. Those shingles are going to overhang. That'll be fine. And you've got a mess. And the same goes if you've got ridge venting, things like that. If they don't do the ridge venting correctly, you can have some serious issues. So any of those holes can do that. Now, make sure you got those all dialed in and sealed up, but you still want to make sure you've got adequate attic ventilation. The other thing is make sure that you've got all branches and bushes at least three feet away from the house. That way you're not going to have things jumping over and getting in because that can be its own crazy super highway that you got to be careful with. So be really careful with openings and then bushes. Those are a combination. It's like the freeway exit into your house. So really spend the time, make sure you've got trim, everything's trimmed back, everything's away from the house, and that any of those things. Now, for me, I've got a battle that I'm just getting ready to work on. I have a squirrel trying to get into my shed this fall. And so I have an area that I need to get up there. Um, I never installed the soffits up in that in a certain spot. So I'm going to get up here after our, our rains are done, and I'm going to get up there and seal that soffit up and make sure that we get that squirrel out of there because I can tell. I'm getting in to a squirrel zone here for my shed. And I want to make sure that uh, just part of the project I never finished, I need to get that soffit done. It'll take me an hour, but that will keep those from coming up in there. And uh, squirrels can do a massive amount of damage. I had some insulation in there. They actually had uh, had uh, started. That's what made me notice it as I actually saw where they had removed and tore apart insulation, fiberglass insulation. They were going to make into a nest or something. So that was kind of weird. And then uh, I was up on my shed cleaning off the roof this last week, and I noticed that 10 feet up above it in the tree is a great big squirrel nest. So uh, I can tell that that is going to be 
their storage area. So I'm going to have to make sure that uh, I got that all sealed up. And uh, I might end up taking some of that stuff out of there to make sure that I get that sealed up and get it so uh, any of these things can't get back in there. But it doesn't matter if it's spiders, if it's rodents, if it's snakes. A lot of these same rules apply no matter where you're located. I need to be really careful. And that's just going to be sealing things up and making sure that you've got things well taken care of. And, you know, it's tough. And that's one of the battles that we see out there is that you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to sit there and, and really close them into a room, you know, or into a space. And so that can be one of the challenges. And so I would get up there if you're going to be closing up stuff. I would go out there and make a ton of noise in that area, really get things disturbed up and then leave, give them a chance to get out of there. And then you can go close it up because, you know, I, we all want to be humane with animals. We don't want to sit there and have to fight that. At the same point, we don't want to have to trap them up in there and have, you know, a, a suffering animal or a dead animal up in your, in your attic space or crawl space. So take the time, see if you can scare them out, make some noise. Give an opportunity to go and then get it sealed up. When we come back, we'll get this wrapped up just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we've been talking about, you know, rodent infestations and all of that just absolute nastiness, you know, the stuff that none of us like to deal with. Now, one thing I want to talk about is, is before we get too far into some of this other stuff is cleanup. And you really have to be careful. And we talked about this with, with, with mice and rats, but really with anything else, including things that are even worse, which I think to me, raccoons and their, um, what they leave behind, we'll leave it at that for anybody out there eating breakfast or lunch. But really that stuff there, when you're cleaning up rodent mess, you need to have a N99 mask on, gloves, and you know something, I'd have a Tyvek suit on because here's the thing, and you have to be careful with this, is things especially like raccoons they have some different worms and stuff that are literally in the air that can be something you breathe and cause a massive health issue. So what you're breathing in, you can't even see it, but you could be breathing stuff in that could really cause some harm. So make sure that you've got a really good tight fitting mask on like an N99. And I'm not talking about one of those, you know, COVID cloth masks. I'm talking about something that is a charcoal filter or something like that, that is a really good mask. And then you need to make sure that you're gloved up, you're Tyvek'd up. If you get this into anything on you, you need to be now either throwing it away or making sure that you're dealing with it properly, where you're washing it in a steam bath or deodorizing it and, and doing things to actually make sure that you're killing what's in there because some of that stuff can make you sick or be worse. And so be very careful with the different things that can be in what you're cleaning up. And that can be a huge issue. So head down to the store, get a Tyvek suit, make sure you've got a good respirator or mask, 
And this is one of those things that I would say rubber gloves and maybe some work gloves over the top of it. And then make sure, um, here's one thing that I do have which works out well. You can do a sanitizing wash with your washing machine if it doesn't. Like mine, for instance, if I get into something, if it's bad, I just throw the clothes away. But if it's something where I'm like, well, I could have gotten dirt into that. You know, if I'm crawling through a crawl space, something like that, what I'll do is I'll go through and do a hot water wash with steam in my, in, uh, and then some uh, deodorizer and stuff in my clothes when I wash it in the laundry and then be good to go. And then when things go in the dryer, you want to make sure and use a heat and, uh, and make sure that you're killing anything off that way. And you're usually going to be good to go. But really, you need to make sure that you've got things really well and cleaned up because this could be its own health hazard. And when in doubt, bring the professional in. Because I tell you what, that can be its own battle that I want to make sure that you've got it cleaned up. I don't want to see you getting sick. You're trying to save a little bit of money, right? Because you're doing this correctly. And uh, sure enough, you miss one step and now you've gotten yourself sick and all that money you saved is now getting spent on your health care. And that can be a problem. So when in doubt, hire a pro. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about here, and we've talked about it before, are, are carpenter ants and things like that. Now, carpenter ants are those big, thick, meaty looking ants. So the black ones, they're like three or four times bigger than the little tiny sugar ants. And those are where you can really get things dialed in and it caused some serious problems. But I'll be honest, I don't deal with carpenter ants anymore at my house. If I have a carpenter ant infestation, this is when I bring in the pros because there are some great new ways to kill them without having to use all the pesticides. Now, the problem is, is that the, the carpenter ants are going to be nesting in wet areas of your home. So if you've got a siding leak or a gutter that's been overflowing and running down in and getting things wet, here's your problem. The problem is, is that on the inside of your house, that's where things are getting pretty brutal. That moisture is actually creating the perfect space for those carpenter ants to live. And so what happens is, is as you've got that, and uh, those carpenter ants tend to get in there, it degrades quicker, and usually the holes get bigger, and so that keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and that can get to a point where if you don't maintain it, it can create some structural issues in the house. Now, my house, at least when uh, people over the years have found it, and I keep finding little areas in the house where that is common, and my house, being it's built in the 70s, that's pretty common. That happens. That happens here in the forest where I live, so that is something that's pretty common. But making sure that you've got that closed up and tightened up is the best plan that. Now, by going around and really inspecting each spring and fall to make sure that you don't have any soft spots, you know, even just taking the hammer and beating on the house a little bit. If you've got an area where there's, um, you know, exposed trim and stuff or no overhang, those are those places to take a look at and, you know, around all those places. So be careful out there. And take a peek and make sure you're on it. If you're seeing the ants, then you know you have an issue. And to be honest, that's when I bring in the professionals because you can go around with the sprays, but there are some really good products out there that are available to the pros only. And it used to be the only way to do it is they would actually drill into your house, into the area, and put in these pesticides in there. But now they've got stuff which are more enzyme-based, which will take care of them. And there's a lot of good ways to do it now that are much more healthier than just loading your house up with pesticides. And so really relying on the professional to handle that is going to be your best bet. And just like when you're dealing with termites and things like that, you know, bringing in the pro to handle it is the key because uh, when you have to tense something off, 
You tend something off and let the professionals do it. And it's just like um, with bed bugs out there. You know, we see that where bed bugs will, will get into infestations into hotel rooms, condos, Airbnbs, and even your house when coming back from vacation. So these are things that you should really pay attention to. If you have those little things on your sheets where maybe you looks like that you had maybe were bleeding a little bit or you see bugs in behind the headboard when you go move it, pay attention. Those could be issues that you're fighting there. And that could have been back from your great Las Vegas vacation or your vacation that you had down in the Caribbean. You could have brought those back as an unintended guest. And so many times now that uh, what if you look at what the companies do to come in and do that, they actually come in and heat your house up, which is pretty cool. So they get it up above a certain temperature and get it super hot. And then when it's super hot, what happens is that you can sit there and um, it just bakes them and kills them. And that's the only surefire way to do that. And so I'd much rather see you have them come in and use the heat technique. That's how they do it in hotel rooms. They go in and set heaters in the hotel rooms, close up all the doors and windows, make sure they take out any candles, things like that, and they get it hot and they bake them out of there. And that's a good way to go. But again, this is where you bring the pro in to handle it because this is not something that I would recommend you tackle is a DIY project because uh, you could do a lot more damage to your house and there's no sense hurting things that don't need to be hurt, especially when you're not operating it correctly. All right, guys. Now there's one more thing. I have seen online many different pretty quality tests of, of the many electronic rodent testers out there. And quite frankly, I have not found one that I've seen actually work. And these are people that are doing some pretty good tests where they put the food in another little room and they'll put the rodent tester in and see if the rodents go in there. And you know something? I have not seen any of the rodent testers do what I think they should do as far as keeping rodents away. So for me, um, at least at this point, I say do not rely on any one of those plug-in electronic ones. I have not seen one that works. Now, if there is one that works out there, that's awesome. I have not seen it. Any of the tests of the ones, and I've seen probably a dozen different ones tested out there, they just didn't work. They might have kept them away for a day or two, but on th day three, they get used to the noise, and guess what? They're in there eating. So I'm going to say stay away from those. When in doubt, hire a pro. And even more importantly, let's keep your house very healthy. And another trick here, too, when you're dealing with rats, mice, those kind of rodents, it can be a bathroom that you don't use. So let's say you've got uh, three bedrooms, three baths, and there's one bathroom you never go into because it's a guest bedroom. Nobody stays in there. When those traps dry out, you can have a super highway into your home with rats and mice. So make sure, and now make sure that you've got this where all of those, if it's a shower you're not using, maybe it's a basement shower or something like that, go down there every few weeks, turn the water on, fill the trap up, make sure that water is going, flush the toilet, make sure that there's water staying in there because if it's drying out, then you have got places where sewer gas, where mice and rodents can come up through the sewer. And yes, they will do that. I've seen it happen many times and I'll see that when people are testing their house to make sure that they, with smoke tests, that you'll see that trap that's dry and all of a sudden the smoke's going up. And if the smoke's going up, that means the mice can walk right into that area without having to go through the water. 
and go through the trap. So make sure that you've got all those traps nice and wet. You're flushing toilets, you're running sinks, and you're running the shower to make sure you've got something clean and you'll be better off. All right, everybody, let's get over to hour number two after these important messages. We'll be right back with the second hour of Around the House. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com. <laughs> 